Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th Tea Podcast. Kieran Marsh back with you for another week, and I'm joined, as I always am, this week, though, by a uh, rejuvenated, uh, refreshed, some might even say revived, Nathan Drudy after a little sojourn, the uh, the quarterly sabbatical down to uh, one of my favourite parts of the country, God's country down there in the Margaret River. Welcome back, Drewster. Thank you, mate. Great to be back in the uh, back in the hot seat, as they say, on the pots and pans. How was the break? Just just briefly, everything that it always is when you get down to that part of the world. Uh, just stunning, stunning spot. Got uh, four rounds of golf in, say, um, a bit. which was great. Uh, enjoyed enjoyed all that the Margaret River region has to offer, uh, which was outstanding. So very. Uh, I mean, it's always sad, sad coming back on the drive, isn't it, from down there, KN? Absolutely. You get plenty of time to think about leaving. Uh, the good three-hour sojourn back up to Perth, but uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the world and uh, many special memories for both you and I. Many special yes. memories to come, Drudes, uh, yes, in, sure. in the next 12 or so months as well. Um, Facebook life's still on the table. Anyway, we'll, we'll keep uh, we'll keep pressing. A bit of a different episode coming your way tonight. Yeah. Uh, we have been flagging this for a few weeks now. Uh, we do have some housekeeping to get through. At the top uh, in terms of some results over the weekend. But before we do any of that, um, we will, uh, thanks to our great friends at Gage Roads Brewing, uh, crack open a beer as we do at the top of each and every episode. Uh, Gage Roads, of course, the premier craft brewery in Western Australia, named after the strip of ocean between Rottnest and Fremantle. And as I turn it around to crack the lid, Dreadstar, I'm back on the sidetrack, the all-day XPA, and that's because I got that great delivery um, probably second only to the delivery of my first child is my favourite delivery. It's a delivery from the Gage Roads man that came uh, last week to, to drop off the refresh. So very the side handy. tracks are back in the fridge and very happy to be licking the lips around one of these. Now, kick us off, Drew. It's a great weekend. Uh, what I will say, probably preface at the top, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak. I don't often do this. I'm going to speak on both of our behalf. Mm. We aren't as glued to the golf at this time of year as we are probably for the rest. It's probably this this month, this month yeah. of October. It's the fall stretch in the PGA Tour. Um, you know, the Dunhill's a great event in the European Tour, but still probably this month a bit of a lag. And uh, you, you've got a couple of, I suppose, placeholders on the other um, tours as we get towards, you know, really ramping up the back end of the year. So suffice to say the the, the review of the weekend won't be in-depth at the top here because we're not glued to it, but some important results from an Australian perspective to flag right here at the top. Yeah, I think uh, you know there was some some really nice performances without winning this week um, for the Aussies. Uh, Minji Lee obviously probably headlining that. She um, unfortunately lost in a playoff on the Korean LPGA, um, but it is her second runner-up uh, placing in as many weeks. So, as we said last week, in a in a good bit of form, and and you feel like that she's getting closer to another win. Came jumps up into the top ten in the world too, Drew. So I think she's mm. up to seventh. I believe, as of that result. Obviously disappointing, uh, losing on the third playoff hole. You'd much rather walk away 
uh, as the champion, but a string of form that cannot be ignored at the moment for Minji. Mm. Uh, and I think yeah, quite easily our leading uh, female golfer around the world at present. Um, few biting on her heels, no doubt about that. We're going to mention some of those names in a moment. But, yeah, this last probably four to six weeks, particularly the last two weeks, consecutive runner-up finishes and, you know, firmly entrenching herself back in the top ten in the world is, uh, is an excellent runner form for Minji. Yeah, going very nicely. And I would say that a win hopefully won't be too far away for her as well. Um, that was up on the Korean LPGA KM. Um, mm. not, not, a, not a tour I'm immensely familiar with, but over on the LPGA, uh, the LPGA Classic, which was won by Celine Boudier, uh, T7 finish for Suo, which is mm. quite handy for, for Sue, playing, uh, also playing a nice bit of golf at the moment. She also jumps up a bit in the rankings. I think she's up in the top 40 now, Sue O. Uh, mentioned her name a few weeks ago. She's very close with Hannah Gray, uh, mm-hmm. best friends. And and you'll remember, Druids, that uh, they had uh, at the time, and, and to my knowledge it still remains intact, uh, made a pact that the next one out of the two of them to win uh, would be doing a shoey in honour of uh, fellow West Australian for Hannah Green, uh, Daniel Ricardo. So that pact came after his win in Monza um, for the McLaren racing team in Formula One. So Sue O would be uh, the short price favourite for the Shuey at this point in time, given her form. Uh, she's uh, much like Minji Lee, stringing together some really consistent golf and another, uh, I think she was only three or four shots back um, from memory from Boudier this weekend on the on the LPGA. So up in the top 40 in the world and, and certainly playing some um, some menacing golf is, is Sue O. Over on the European side of things, Marshy, and into the uh, into the men's side of the game, Dan Lawson T twenty seven on the European tour at the at the uh, Dunhill Links there, which was won by Danny Willett, of course, one of the all time great forgotten Masters champions. <laughs> Not a name, uh, I suppose. Obviously, there's a great depth in English golf, British golf, as they like to say, and despite being. A Masters champion. He probably wasn't in the first five or six names he'd rattle off, Druids, um, no. which is quite remarkable. But, uh, yeah, he, he wound back the clock, did Danny Willett. Uh, it's an interesting event, isn't it, the Dunhill? I quite enjoy it. I think it's a shame the time of the year that it falls, given um, what we flagged at the start. It's a tough stretch October, kind of late September, October for golf. You're coming off the high of the Ryder Cup and you really haven't kind of built up into those, um, you know, end-of-year races, uh, you know, your race to devise, et cetera. So the Dunhill played across a couple of courses. Like in terms of viewing, geez, you got around at Carnoustie and, of course, you finish here at the old course, St Andrews. But, yeah, interesting to see Danny Willett um, raise the cup. A couple of good performances from some Aussies. Dan Lawson um, was really kind of putting his name forward across the weekend, uh, ended up having a, a pretty poor final round to finish a tie for 27th. But want to make special mention, Drew, start of uh, Brett Rankin, uh, who you've heard here on the podcast. I'll go out uh, unashamedly and say he's been one of my favourite guests we've ever had, Brett. Um, sensational fella. Uh, local Queensland guy. He got the late call-up um, off the, I suppose, off the, uh, off the emergencies for the Dunhill. Flew over to the UK and got prepared. Um, and he, uh, he, he, I think he finished... Uh, I need about a tie for 67th or 65th. So certainly didn't disgrace himself on short notice to fly, you know, halfway across the world and 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 I get back to I suppose get back to where he he thinks he belongs. 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, did you have a sure shot shot of the week in here, KM? You flagged at the top. Was that on the thank European you. tour or have I got thank ahead you. of myself? No, no. Thank you for reminding me. I certainly flagged that when we were talking pre-hitting the record button and uh, I would have glossed right over it, Druids, um, had it not been for your gentle reminder. So thank you. Uh, I want to. I probably want to get out in front of this and say usually when you and I nominate a shot of the week, it is um, a shot of excellence, um, a shot that you and I certainly uh, can't relate to. I'm coming at it from a slightly different angle um, this week. This is more a shot of I can't believe what I actually saw. So uh, your countryman, Guido Mitliozzi, um, yes. was on the 18th at St Andrews in the final round. So this was overnight uh, Australian time, the, the final round being played. Uh, last night Australian time on the 18th. Um, and if people are familiar with St Andrews, it's, well, you know, it's a course essentially built in the middle of a town. So it's bordered quite literally by um, fences that are next to roads or houses uh, as it's built directly in the middle of this tiny little town of St Andrews in Scotland. The 18th is one such hole. Its right boundary runs right up alongside a, a concrete path that is just a part of the town. And Guido uh, sprayed, um, I think I like to call when I do it, I call it a fade, so it's certainly not a slice. Um, he faded his drive uh, onto the path, so he's out of bounds. Um, it took three cart path bounces, Druids, and bounced back in. Incredible. So I'm just, just by purely, I don't think I've seen that before. I don't think I've seen that sort of luck. Certainly not when you introduce the, the variable of a, of a concrate path, which is a true sweepstakes. So that, that ball could be going anywhere. And it's taken three bounces on a concrete path and bounced back inbounds for Guido Mitliozzi. So that, that is my uh, sure shot shot of the week. Excellent. Uh, the shot of the week presented by the brand new sure shot Pinlock 6000 series laser range finest featuring the fastest optics yet enhanced battery life and an improved ergonomic case with an internal magnet. The sure shot Pinlock 6000 series of laser range finders will help you know the distance and play the best shot to get you on the green. I only took a half set away with me down south, but let me tell you the range finder was the first thing clipped to the bag. I'm going to go in a similar vein, Marshy, for my shot of the week. Okay. Um, I'd initially had that one picked out, um, so so like minds uh, like minded, which is which is excellent. Um, Piers Morgan. Did you see his shot? Uh, uh, I did not. No. Yeah. So um, yeah. So Beers Morgan uh, playing during the second round of this week's uh, Dunhill Links Championship because they have you know similar sort of setup to the Pebble Beach Pro Am, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> not great on the seventeenth on the road hole, essentially straight into the uh, into the old course hotel there uh, on the road hole. Okay. So. Um, not not particularly great. I mean, there, and then there's been a whole bunch of tweets that have come out off the back of this um, as well of him him playing previously. Not not a particularly handy golfer is uh, is Piers Morgan. No, couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of Piers Morgan, but no. uh, he gets my sure shot shot of the week this week. Um, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm feeling a little low, um, I jump on YouTube and I watch that clip of. Brett Lee bowling to him in the, yeah. in the nets. <laughs> yeah, the ashes. It really lifts my spirits. Just being a peppering yeah, Watching Binger um, paint, you know, paint his chin a new shade. It's brilliant. 
Uh, absolutely brilliant. That's a good one. Uh, we'll, we'll never we'll never stop short of pulling the piss out of Piers Morgan um, no. on this podcast. Comfortably say it's the first time, might even be the last, <laughs> that his name ever appears on this podcast. Definitely. Uh, Challenge to a KM. Yes. Yeah, so great result for another friend of this podcast. And um, in my humble opinion, one of the most exciting uh, prospects coming out of Australian golf in some time. Uh, Blake Windred uh, finishes a tie for 10th at the Swiss Challenge shooter, Alejandro Del Rey. Um, sorry. Sorry. No. No. <laughs> I mean, let me, let me come back. <laughs> Oh, you take a week or two off and the standard slip. Goodness me. Let That's me right. take This it. is the first time that we've actually put notes to each other in a WhatsApp. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. Well, this is what happens. You, you prepare too much, Drutes. You yeah. overprepare and 100%. you get sloppy. Um, so, let me take a step back. Blake Windred finishing a tie for 10th at the uh, Swiss Challenge on the Challenge Tour. So, he continues to um, perform strongly on what is that feeder tour up to the European tour. Uh, obviously, he's, he's, he's looking for an outright card um, and status on the European tour. And I'd suggest he's, um, you know, he's, he's been really close for a period of time without necessarily breaking through and getting those final necessary points, Trudes, but I don't think he's that far off. No. Um, and an immense talent at that and a fantastic bloke at that as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's probably the thing that I like about him the most is he's just a ripping fella and it looks like him and Dimi Papadados are really enjoying life over there as well. As you mentioned, Alejandro Del Rey. Uh, yes, thank you. Now, that wasn't the tournament. He's actually a player uh, who shot a 58, if you don't mind, KM. I mean, we picked two horrible shots as our sure shot shot of the week off mm. the European tour and we could have probably picked any one of the 58 that Alejandro hit. Um, unbelievable 58 from Alejandro Del Rey. Yeah, it's worth a shout out, and uh, our apologies to Alejandro. It's just a, it's just poor timing. I mean, when you come up against um, three bounces on a concrete path and Piers Morgan blasting to the old <laughs> course hotel, it's a tough week. You're probably going to be pretty stiff, um, poor old Alejandro. But that's that's a worthy shout out. It's a 58 there at the Swiss Challenge. Um, and just finally, in terms of results, before we get to a few other bits of small news um, coming out, out of the local tournament schedule, um, Druid. So Sam Burns, uh, a winner again on the PGA Tour. A couple of quick points on this. So this is Sanderson Farms uh, tournament in uh, Mississippi. This is, I think, uh, an example of a tournament that is really a victim of the scheduling because I, I – I, would enjoy this tournament at any other time of year. Mm. Um, I'm going to get your thoughts and and you jumped the gun on me on socials uh, a couple of hours ago because I'd had this pegged down to get your thoughts on the <laughs> – you're a big trophy man and I had this pegged down to get your thoughts on the Sanderson Farms trophy. Um, but, you know, it also it's a, it's a great um, showcase of of the South, you know, Mississippi mm. and, and, and all that it is. And uh, great to see I'm – I'm an – I'm a huge Sam Burns fan. I mean, I had him in my um, Ryder Cup team. I think he probably was right on the fringe and, you know, not to suggest in any way, shape or form that Steve Stricker made a, a wrong decision. I'm, I'm pretty sure he feels vindicated, Dreads, reflecting mm. on his captain's choices. But you'd be crazy to think that Sam Burns won't be there in two years at Marco Simeone in Rome. And for mine, this is exactly what you'd want from a guy who was right on the fringes and wouldn't have looked out of place if he got picked probably was quite disappointed and rightfully so that he wasn't and he goes out in his next tournament appearance and he wins and that's mm. all you can ask for out of a guy like Sam Burns he's making every post winner at present 
And I think, uh, yeah, he's um, maybe the one that we sleep on a little in that class. Like he's probably, albeit a touch younger, not a, not a great deal, but he's in that same kind of Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf, um, you know, that, that kind of field. And I think we sleep on him a little. He's, he's as consistent. Maybe he doesn't have the ceiling, but uh, especially Morikawa and Hovland have, but he's as consistent. As, as any of them uh, week to week. Well, two wins in five months, Marshy. So, I mean, he's uh, the, the consistency is really there. This felt like a bit of a fuck you to Steve Stricker, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> um, I should have been there and I should have been playing on that Ryder Cup team. Um, but look, uh, fantastic trophy, Marshy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's the NTPGA Championship still holds the mantle mm. uh, for mine, but this is, this is a pretty close second. I love it. I love mm. the rooster. It's fantastic. Um, I, I can't really say much more more about it. It looks so out of place on a golf course that it's amazing, and and that's what I love about it. So I'm, I'm tournament's got a um, a really cool logo as well. It incorporates mm. the rooster um, and it does. That's hard because there's not a lot. There's some great golf club logos in the states, but tournament logos are uh, uh, that's a it's it's a really tough challenge. To be put, mm. pulling together a good tournament logo, the Sanderson Farms do it really, really well with the rooster as they do the trophies. So I knew you. I as soon as I saw it, it reminded me. Uh, so that's yeah, that's that's right in Drew's wheelhouse. It's definitely a rooster, isn't it? I don't know. Sanderson Farms. I'm just googling what they do. They are the third largest poultry producer in the US, producing yeah. 13.65 million chickens per week. Uh, there you go. I'm gonna say rooster. It's definitely a rooster. There you go. Play on. Interesting. Play on. Moving on. Um, let's <laughs> turn our attention. Uh, we, we should flag uh, no Australians made the cut no. in that event in the PGA Tour. A little disappointing. bit disappointing. Um, let's turn our attention before we get to the body of this week's episode, Drewster. Yeah. Uh, to a little bit of news coming out of the home schedule as I had flagged. Why don't you take us to the first one? Yeah, I mean, look, we uh, we we were pretty harsh a few weeks back. Well, maybe harsh, fair bit harsh uh, a few weeks back around the schedule and where it's at um, from the uh, PGA Tour of Australasia. And great to see a new tournament announced today, which is uh, a new Players Series event, which is going to be held in the Hunter Valley. Uh, and that's going to be hosted by Jan Stevenson um, as well as Peter O'Malley. So, of course, three-time major winner Jan Stevenson, I should add there, and uh, a three-time European Tour winner in Peter O'Malley. So that's going to be held at Oak Cypress Lakes Resort in the Hunter Valley uh, from the 10th to the 13th of March, which uh, is incredibly exciting. It's it's going to, um, I guess, precede the uh, New Zealand Open. I'd suspect there might be another tournament in there. $200,000 up for grabs. It is the... Um, it's the largest price purse that's on offer that's currently confirmed at the moment, uh, obviously noting that the Australian PGA and the Australian Open are still TBA, but uh, it will – I mean, the player series is, it was quite great last year. I mean, obviously we saw uh, a few different tournaments being held, which is um, – you, you know, it's not uh, – look, it, it's not going to be a massive tournament, I wouldn't have thought, for – uh, moving forward is what is the point I'm trying to make here, Kane, mm. as I gather my thoughts. So it's That's not going to be uh, not going to be a massive tournament moving forward. I would suspect that these might be sort of interim 
pieces that are held. I, I could be completely wrong on that. Um, I absolutely love the fact that it's it's men and women playing alongside each other for the same title mm. uh, and the same and the same prize purse. So that that's what I love about it. I hope it's not an interim interim solution through COVID, and I hope it is something that it does continue on. Um, and uh, yeah, fingers crossed that it all gets off the ground because then. Uh, the Queensland PGA, Marshy, up in your neck of the woods, has also been locked in. Yeah, Drew, this is um, this is an exciting announcement, uh, particularly for the members and the staff at the Nudgee Golf Club, um, mm. who will host the 2021 Queensland PGA Championship from January 20 uh, through to January 23rd. So it will directly follow the uh, Australian PGA, which is going to be played at Royal Queensland. Uh, it's the first time, actually, that the Southeast Queensland um, has hosted consecutive PGA Tour of Australasia events since 2001. So the southeast corner of Queensland um, now, I, I suppose, is absolutely the capital of golf in, in this state. Uh, and particularly, I say just reward for Nudgee because there's been an awful lot of work done in terms of redevelopment of the 36 holes out there across the last couple of years under the guidance of architect James Wiltshire. Um, and it's it was always a it was always a nice course. It's it's taken itself to another level under this redevelopment, uh, and I think is absolutely worthy of hosting a tournament of this uh, of this nature. Uh, I, I'm just reading here uh, first time it's uh, hosted uh, the leading professionals in the country since the 1999 Queensland Open as a course. So long time between drinks for Nudgee. Um, but as I said, uh, lots of hard work's gone into the redevelopment, and it's a credit to um, both the architect, uh, you know, the, the redevelopment team, but also the staff and the members out at Nudgee that they get to host a tournament like this. So, uh, congratulations to them. Congratulations to um, the PGA for getting it off the ground and bringing it back to a club like Nudgee. I think that's a really smart call, um, particularly off the back of. Uh, Royal Queensland um, just prior as well yes. and to have back-to-back events in, in South East Queensland is a really smart move to capitalise mm-hmm. on the momentum from that. Um, you know, what is the biggest tournament of our summer is the is the PGA. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have said we were harsh. I think we were fair. Fair but, but harsh. <laughs> we'll, um, as we said at the time, we're, we're happy to give compliments uh, when they're deserved. And, and just this, golf came. Yeah. I just, want, I just want milk that tastes like real milk. That's what that's, I want. Ex- that's not much to ask, Drewster. Um, and they deserve credit for, I think, a really, really smart decision to take this tournament to Nudgee. So um, credit where it's due. Uh, and, of course, standing invitation remains for anyone from yes. the PGA to come on and have a chat about the uh, the upcoming summer. Yes, and the players series, as I'm just reading uh, through the, the media release here, doesn't look like it's uh, an interim sort of holding pattern through COVID, which is, which is fantastic though. Uh, the PGA here is saying that they want to look to grow the players' series to as many as 10 events a year, um, which is fantastic. So that's great. Men and women playing alongside each other makes total sense, um, and we need more of it. Marshy, anything else news-related? Uh, one last bit of housekeeping, Drews, and that's mm. that's the merch. Yes. Uh, it is, it's going gangbusters. So uh, once again, we've been reminded that, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago we spoke about uh, your beautiful fiance Amy notching up 200 uh, games uh, for the local Hammersley Netball Club. Once again, we've been reminded that not only you're not the most talented person in your household, you're not the most talented person in your family because no. it's the wonderful work of your 
your sister, Julia Drudy, uh, and uh, and the design studio. It's on the rocks designs, isn't it? Yes, on the rocks. Yes, on the rocks. Got to give her a shout out, actually. Um, Absolutely, we do. Because uh, she she does all of this just freelance at the moment. Of course, we give her a little clip each month, but um, landed her first full time job as a graphic designer today. So massive congratulations. She won't listen to this podcast, uh, understandably so. Um, But massive, massive props to her. doing the designs and that's what everyone sort of uh, reach. We, we put it out on social. We gave, mm. you know, we're a democracy here at, at the 19th TKM. Um, cool. And, 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 <laughs> and the people voted for, uh, for the two designs and we've got them printed and they are available and being shipped out as we speak. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, a big, uh, big, Big slap on the back there for, for your sister, Drudes. Julie did a wonderful job. We, of course, had the original run of T-shirts. She looked at it and said, I think I can do something <laughs> slightly more engaging with the design. Yeah. And we've landed on uh, two separate designs. Talk Birdie to me is, uh, is, is proving very popular at the moment. And then um, if you're a real sicko who listens to this every single week, you've got the, uh, the other caricature of our two faces, uh, which is the option. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but and- they are extremely popular. So hit us up um, in the DMs, whether it's Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, if, if you're there. Uh, and that's how you secure your shirt. But there's um, obviously, you know, it's, it's popular. So make sure if you're keen on, uh, on grabbing a shirt or two, one of each, um, jump, on, uh, jump on the DMs and let us know. I'll do you a deal if you buy both of them. Just made that there up. Just so I'll do you a deal if you buy both. But if you buy a hat as well, Jesus, I'll, I'll I'll give them away. I'll be discounting them. <laughs> yeah, still a couple of hats there in the original run. We're looking at a few different options for a new hat as well. So yeah. uh, if you want to get your hands on one of the OG hats before they sell out, Drew's is full of deals. So um, no. you reckon Julia used our stuff in the portfolio to get the job? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's on her website. There you go. That's fantastic. Yeah. Love that. Good on her. I'd say the only place you're the most talented person is on this podcast. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, uh, you're surrounded I mean, by talented people, except for Monday night. Take a break to hear from the sponsors, Druids, primarily our great friends at Cobra Puma Golf, who've unveiled their new King Tech Hybrid, the latest addition to the King Players family. Packed with innovative technologies, the King Tech Hybrid is designed for better players who seek a utility club, delivering reliable carry distance and enhanced forgiveness off the tee and on longer approach shots into par fives. Not to mention the fact, Druids, it comes with an outstanding piece of technology as each KingTech hybrid is equipped with a Cobra Connect grip powered by Arcos Caddy. Users can download the Arcos Caddy app on their smart device and pair the club to track your shot data and improvement if you don't mind. So if you'd like to take a closer look at one of the KingTech hybrids or even take it home to put it in the bag, jump online to cobragolf.com or visit your local golf store. All right, let's get to the, uh, yeah. the cracks of why we're here this week. So... Uh, as I said at the start, we've been flagging this for a few weeks. We wanted to let it breathe. We wanted to get the creative juices flowing. We wanted to give each other some time to land on some concepts. You remember that we flagged it back at the beginning of September because um, the story was broken by Dylan the Chair uh, of Golf.com that Netflix, in conjunction with the PGA Tour, were launching a docu-series similar. Um, some would say heavily influenced uh, by the highly successful Drive to Survive uh, series, of course, which centers on Formula One. So it will be for this season, the season that has just started, the 2021-22 
PGA Tour. So for all intents and purposes, cameras are already out there following people. Um, no details yet as to uh, who has signed on. They're being very cagey, both Netflix and the PGA Tour. Um, some inside sources, according to this golf.com story, say that uh, several notable, uh, was the word used, PGA Tour players have already signed on to be involved. And uh, Ricky Fowler, and I didn't know this till recently, Drudes, but this doesn't surprise me at all about Big Dick Rick. He's got a uh, production company. I think it's mm. called Main Event. I'm just scrolling down the uh, the story here. Uh, he has been involved in the uh, – he and his production company have been involved in the negotiations as well. So I think it would be fair to say that Big Dick Rick will be making a fairly prominent appearance in this um, – in this docuseries, but what we wanted to do, um, main event production, sorry, just to clear that up. I don't want to get a cease and desist. So main event productions is uh, the company uh, under Ricky Fowler's name. Uh, what we decided to do, Drew, is go away and think, right. So uh, if it's modeled heavily influenced by Drive to Survive, which is a 10 episode series, what would be our ideal 10 episodes? Um, noting that, um, A, we have no say or influence. <laughs> yes. B, it's already cast in stone. They've already probably decided. Um, and C, knowing that what we think is ideal and what is reality is probably there's, there's this disparity between those two things because it must be said that um, you can't expect from this series, Drew, the same level of access that Drive to Survive gets because Formula One handed over complete editorial control to the production company. And there's no way known the PGA Tour will do that. So there's a couple of provisos here. Um, do you think we need any more context before we dive into our episodes? No, I think I think that's I think that's well put. Um, yeah, it's a really important piece to note is is that last bit that you mentioned that mm-hmm. the PGA Tour will still have a hand in this because, as you say, it's not going to be Drive to Survive where they have the ability to portray people in a, in a specific light. Um, and, and they're still going to have that to an extent here, but the VGA tour are, are going to craft this to make themselves look very good. This is, it's essentially one giant PR piece for, for, for the PGA tour. Right. So correct. Um, I think we just need to flag that up front. It's still going to be great. Don't get me wrong. I'm still mm. going to watch it and I'm still going to enjoy 100%. it, but I think we just need to, to flag at the very front that if you're expecting the raw honesty uh, criticism of the FIA, which happens in form in Drive to Survive, don't watch this because that's not what we're going to get. Also, if you're expecting like a whole episode to feature Tiger Woods, probably don't tune in. Yeah, it's because, yeah, well, they don't have the money to convince Tiger to sit down for an hour with a production company. No for an all-holds Bart interview. So I think you have to manage your expectations going into this about A, the level of honesty, uh, the level of access, but B, also the names um, that will be involved. Yep. But uh, I think that what, what we'll say is that the episodes that we're probably going to run through would be, in our minds, an ideal 10-episode season. I don't necessarily know that we'll get this, but I still think the product will be excellent because it'll be more than we've ever had, mm. which is always progress. Definitely. All right. So take what us we've away. decided on, to go. do, yeah. so rather than pick 10 each, because this would be a three-hour podcast, we pick five each. Um, yeah. There's a couple of gambles here. Uh, we haven't spoken to each other, and that was conscious. We had the discussion about having the discussion, and I said, no, no, I think it's best if we, we maintain an element of surprise. 
Um, so don't know if we're going to have duplication. Um, also okay. could could get to the end of this and have missed some major storylines. But I said to you earlier today that I've gone a little bit different and I hedged my bets because I was fairly confident you would cover a couple that I haven't, which I think are important. Right. So uh, what we're also going to do um, is before we each give our first, explain the way that we approached the thinking yeah. about how we came up with these. So yeah. I might lead off, Drew. Please, um, please do. So when I when I looked at this, um, knowing that it's heavily influenced by Drive to Survive, I thought about what is the essence of Drive to Survive? And I, I think it was the growth of Formula One beyond traditional audiences because Drive to Survive wasn't made for enough F1 no. supporter or follower. Drive to Survive was made for people like you who have become heavily passionate about following F1 based on watching the show. That was the whole idea of Drive to Survive was to take it to new audiences and to do that you need to tell personal stories, whether that's background, whether that's feuds, whether that's your point of difference because the nuts and bolts of Formula 1, they do a really good job at explaining it, which I'm sure this will do a good job of explaining the, the ins and outs of golf, but that's not what is going to send it to, you know, tens of millions of viewers. It's going to be the personal stories and people. So that's how I kind of went about it. I was like, what are the stories that are going to engage a broader audience and probably an audience that have no interest in golf, to be fair, because that's who they're after because they want to grow the grow the game, hashtag. So my first one, Druids, um, is Hideki Matsuyama. So there's a variety of reasons here, but I actually think that we didn't scratch the surface. And when I say we, I don't mean the 19th T, I mean the golfing media, didn't scratch the surface of how significant his victory at Augusta was mm-hmm. um, and its impact back in Japan. So I think a whole episode following Hideki, and I think it needs to tell Hideki's story, like how he got into golf, because it's an incredibly popular sport in Japan, more courses per capita in Japan than any other country in the world. So how does one guy break through in a, in a place like Japan and become the great white hope for that country and really carry Japanese golf on his back for 10 years? But also, like, what's his life like now back there? Because I don't think we have any concept of how big a deal Hideki Matsuyama is in Japan. And what was the reaction to the Masters victory? What was it like going back to Japan? What sort of life does he lead when he's back there? Like, does he is he forced essentially into solitary because he can't go anywhere because of the attention he draw? Like, I, I just think we've not really ever told the story of Hideki in Japan and what he means for golf, not only in that country but more broadly in the Asian region. So for mine... It's a must-have. Hideki's story has to be in there. I love it. I'd absolutely love it, and I watch it. And I think the way that I've approached, way that I've approached it is, Drive to Survive is amazing because it's got great characters, and that's due to the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, Gunter Steiner, for example, is is leading the worst team in. The Formula One this this year that has been the laughing stock of the Formula One for a number of years now. Gene. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Gene. But he shit. <laughs> I don't want the fucking umbrella. 
But see, it's little bits and pieces like that that we remember because he's a character. Whereas someone like Marcia Bonotto, who's leading the Ferrari team, is not as heavily featured because he's not a great character. So for me, I've gone for... Um, real characters that I want to see come out real and, and the that. stories that are behind it. So I think we've kind of gone relatively similar in, in our thoughts. Um, yep. So for me, my first one, and I've probably gone a little bit more broad than you've gone exact uh, players there, but I want to see a player that's, that's struggling right now. And, and you mentioned his name before. It might be someone like a Ricky Fowler, whose career is not at a crossroads, but is, is sort of hanging in the balance a little bit might be someone like a Rory McElroy who it's just the, the pressure environment um, of them not even worried about winning at the moment. It's about them returning to form and, and telling that story. What work are they doing behind the scenes on their, their swing? How are they adjusting to life as, you know, in Ricky Fowler's case um, now just inside the top 100 in the world, as opposed to being in the top five at one point in his career. So for, for me, Ricky's probably the player that I'd like to see um, and just to to understand how he is approaching golf at the moment, um, given that he's had a bit of a fall from grace. So probably Ricky um, over over Rory, but definitely someone who's who's struggling uh, from a form perspective. I think uh, I think you can put your savings on the fact that both will probably feature. Um, I'd suggest in this, uh, Ricky's production company is clearly um, up to its up to its elbows in it so far, and mm. Rory is the you know the the head of the players' council. I'm sure will be uh, will be a strong voice in this. So they're, they're two good ones, and I think particularly what we've seen out of Rory in probably the past two weeks, the emotion he showed at the Ryder Cup, and he's mm. clearly at a. And we said it, you know, in that in that Ryder Cup wrap up, he's at a bit of a crossroads, Rory, um, and to see him speak. Uh, candidly about that, I think would be refreshing. So, yeah, I think that's a good one, Drew. Start. Um, my next one, probably on a similar vein to my first, um, but a, a, a important distinction as well. Mm-hmm. So, I'd like to see an episode that um, <laughs> near impossible to do this in an hour, um, but neatly captures the journey of the players of colour currently uh, on either on the PGA Tour, so like your Harold Varner or your Joseph Bramlett, or kind of like on the fringes trying to break through, so like your Willie Mack third or Kamui Johnson. Um, I think that uh, you've got a group of, group of guys that were – I mean, you've got an entire cohort of the tour that were heavily influenced by Tiger, but players – of colour more so, I think, than anyone else. That they, he showed that it wasn't a shut door, that it wasn't impossible, um, that it was a place where you absolutely belonged. But I think the flip side of that is he just also happened to be the greatest player that's ever picked up a club. Mm-hmm. So the standard's impossible to reach, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a fascinating, fascinating conundrum is that, you know, still 20 25 years after he started, we still only have, like I literally rattled all the names off just then. It's a handful of players of colour on tour, mm. which is insane because Tiger Woods was the most recognisable, not sports person, the most recognisable person in the world for a period of time. And there has to be a reason why there's a continued barrier for players of colour to break through. Mm. Um, 
so I'd like to understand the journey. I'd like to understand what Tiger meant. Um, Cause you know, we hear about, we hear guys like, you know, we'll say his name again, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, all those guys talk about what Tiger meant, but I, there's, there's a different level to it when you, when you would hear a Harold Varner or Joseph Brown, because we always talk about, you can't be what you can't see, yeah. but also the pressure that comes with that because Tiger blazed a trail um, so bright that it, you know, near impossible to live up to. And so why, why are there still barriers and what are the barriers for players of colour in golf? I think that would be a fantastic episode. Um, tough to capture it all in 60 minutes, as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, you could probably do a 10-part series just on that, I would suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a really uh, – this is this is what I probably was trying to say at the start is to, what we're going to talk about now and what actually comes is probably going to be miles apart. Mm. But if you if you're gonna do this, do it properly. You know, like like tell some stories of significance mm. because I think it's and I kind of go back to what I said at the start. Like this is not being made for me and you or anyone who listens to this podcast or tunes in week out uh, week in week out the PGA tour. This is being you know made for a broader audience. Try and widen the funnel and get more people into the game. You're telling these stories. I guarantee you, you'll engage more people because mm. A, they've never been told, but B, they absolutely should be more so than what we get ad nauseum. Yep. Completely agree. Um, my second one that I would like to see is an episode that focuses on the recently promoted tour rookies. Um, so whether, uh, obviously we can't do all, all 25 who have come through the corn Ferry tour, mm. maybe it's, we, we pick a couple out. I mean, there, there's guys who instantly jump out like Christian Bezadenhout, um, is, is a really interesting one. So Sahith Thigala, I mean, God, I mm. hope they had a camera on him at the, at the Sanderson farms. I mean, was leading for most of the tournament and finished in the top 10. God, mm. I hope they had a camera on him during that. Um, I mean, someone even like a Lucas Herbert would be fascinating. Um, the one I think that I reckon would be a great character that you'd get some great content out of who falls in this category is Kuradek Barnrat. Like, yeah. I just think it, the story might not be as um, as impressive as, as a Hideki or or a player who's struggling or telling um, the stories of people of color, as you mentioned, but I reckon the content that you would generate from, from Kuradek Abbey Barnrat as a, as a player who's been promoted to the PGA tour. Um, and he, you know, he is a laugh on social media. I reckon he would be a great one to follow, but all in all, anyone who, any of those top 25 have just been promoted. Mm, that's a great call. Great call, Trista. I like that. Uh, we, we spoke about it. Um, uh, I think it was Justin Hubner who got um, promoted a couple of weeks ago, um, and, the, and this the emotion that, mm. um, that he showed, um, you know, and, and the guy that's been on that merry-go-round for a while, uh, and finally managed to get promoted. I think it's so much more engaging than um, you know the prodigies who are always going to play. It's the guys who are living tournament to tournament, um, yeah. just waiting for a break, and that's yeah, that would be excellent TV. Not to trivialise it, but it would be excellent TV. Oh, yeah, and I think that's what it kind of needs to be in some parts. So it just needs to be, just needs to be good TV, good watching. I think that's going to engage yeah. people. What's your third uh, one? So my next one's, um, and this is funny because what's becoming clear to me is that I've, I've maybe gone a little more specific, <laughs> um, which 
uh, I don't know. I think they'll probably lean more towards your uh, kind of themes rather than individuals. Uh-huh. But I'm going to okay. double down. Yeah. I came in with my five and I'm not walking away from it. Yeah. No. Um, my next one's Nelly Quarter. Yep. Uh, so a couple of things. Um, you, this cannot, cannot be a 10-episode series and not have at least one episode featuring an LPGA player. Cannot. Cannot happen. So it's a bare minimum for me that you have one. Um, I think she absolutely should be the top of the tree, though, because she has the ability, I think, to transcend the sport in a similar way. Not not saying she is a player like Tiger. She's an immensely talented player. What her career looks like in terms of wins at the end remains to be seen. But in terms of a brand, I think she has the ability to transcend golf much like Tiger did. Mm. Uh, and in terms of taking the women's game to a level where it deserves to be, it's not there now. And, you know, we can get into the whys and wherefores at another time. To take the women's game to where it absolutely deserves to be will be on the back of someone like Nelly Quarter. Mm. Uh, and I think her story, um, you know, not just having an older sister that plays, but the family that she comes from, you know, an immensely talented immensely talented family. My brother's a um, world-class tennis player. Parents were world-class athletes. Uh, I think that's a fascinating story as well. Um, also seems to be quite a quirky individual, Nelly Quarter. So I think you get some good content from that. But I've got no doubt she feels a weight of expectation and pressure. Um, you know, came with a, um, you know, a major victory this year and then a, a following um, disappointing performance at the Solheim Cup. And, you know, probably felt the the extremes of both those emotions. But I think she, yeah, hers would be a fascinating episode because she, I think there's a huge groundswell behind her to kind of propel the women's game off, off her back. And, and that would be a, a weight, a considerable weight, Drew's. And just an immensely marketable person too. Hugely. You know, yeah. Um, I think, you know, she could play a real leading voice in, in the in this series, I mean, look, I'm probably, I don't know if I'm naive enough to to think they'll actually do it, but um, and include the LBGA. I, I don't know. I would love for them to do it, but I don't. I don't feel like they're not they're not prepared. They're not going to pull the lever on it, and we don't know if there's going to be ten different storylines for them to follow mm. or, or how they're going to go about this. But um, I truly hope there is some representation of the LPGA uh, in this. To to your point there, so. Fingers crossed that uh, that one comes off and, and Nelly's a great call out. Number three for you, Drudes. Yeah, this one's, I've gone um, a little, uh, all right, I'll, I'll move them around. I'm just trying to work out which order to, to tell these ones in. Um, <laughs> you, you said I'd gone broad. I'm going to go specific here. I think this series will... Um, it'll go a long way to building the perception of players. I think they, these things always do, whether it's hard knocks, whether it's all or nothing. I mean, all or nothing with the Arizona Cardinals is still one of my favorite uh, ones of, of these that we've done. And I still follow Bruce Arians to this day down in Tampa, yeah. right? So um, you, you kind of remember who those uh, characters and who those people are. To that point, I reckon this series has to include Bryson. I just think he's a walking sideshow, as we've mentioned. He's the most notable player on the PGA Tour at the moment. If anyone asks, if you if you asked anyone who 
who didn't get into golf. Um, like my mum knows who Bryson DeChambeau is and doesn't know, doesn't mm. follow golf at all. So I think he is is going to be a really important part of this. Um, whether he wants to be involved, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be a really, really important part. And just to get a bit of an understanding of the guy, and it could go a long way to changing the perception of how people currently view him. Um, mm. And we might hear more of that story about who Bryson DeChambeau actually is because, you know, we wind the clock back three or four years and we were talking about this mad scientist guy who, you know, has this formula for hitting golf shots and we're studying physics at SMU. Um, and, yeah. You know, we fast forward and he's gone through this incredible journey to, to where he is today. And I just think exploring that would be fascinating in and of itself, but also trying to get an understanding of, of who Bryson is um, as a person, because I don't think we really get that. No, not at all. And and look, I didn't put him in mind because I knew you would. Yeah. Uh, and and I agree. He absolutely needs to be involved in this. Um, put aside your personal feelings about the guy. What he's done for the game is phenomenal. Mm. We've never seen anything like it and may not again. Because I don't, I don't know how you up it. You might do what he's done. I don't know how you up what he's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, to be fair, I think we're careering towards a rule change off the back of what he did. Mm. You can count on one hand the amount of guys they've changed the rules for mm. in the past, mm. and it's a pretty heavy fucking list of names. <laughs> and he's he's going to be on that list, like. As I said, put put your personal thoughts about him as a person to one side. What he has done for the game has been enormous in yeah. the past two years. Yeah. Um, I think I think you were kind to him when you said you don't know whether to be involved. I think you fucking barrel people over to be involved. I think he's way too vain to miss out on this opportunity. Um, remiss of us as well not to talk in the results at the top. What he did this week at the long drive was phenomenal. Mm. To come off the back of a Ryder Cup and I think finish in the top eight. Of this, these guys do this shit week in, week out. He's a PGA Tour player. Not just that, he's a top 10 guy in the world and a major champion. And he went out to the fucking Nevada desert and belted balls over 400 yards. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's um, so, yeah, he, he absolutely, he's changed the game. No doubt about it. And he yeah. absolutely should be involved. Just a very quick one here, folks. A very short message from our good friends at the Golf Collective. And this is going to save you cash as well. So don't skip through this. You're going to get $19 off your annual membership to the Golf Collective using the promo code 19th T. And they're going to send a bit of money our way to help support our podcast. Just head to thegolfcollective.co slash 19th T. That's how sponsorship works. So get involved. The Golf Collective are Australia's leading online social golf club, allowing members to get easily handicapped for any social round at any golf club in Australia. Think about those cheeky after-work rounds, a quick one before work. You're never going to have to sacrifice a good score ever again, including nine-hole social smacks. So head to thegolfcollective.co slash 19th T and use the promo code 19th T to get a huge $19 off your annual membership. Thanks to our friends at The Golf Collective. Number four, KM. Uh, this one I think might be my most – I think I don't think you'll see this one coming. So Okay. Uh, Bubba Watson. Okay. So I think it's ironic because we've just, we just spoken about the transformation physically of Bryson. I think overall transformation as an individual 
we've not seen more stark journeys than where Bubba started to where he is now. To that, respectfully, um, what many people considered to be a hick, um, to you know the guy who's driving the supporter carts at the Stolheim Cup just because he yeah. wants to be there, be involved yeah. and promote the game and build the LPGA, and like an incredible journey from a guy we clearly, well, I won't say misunderstood because I think he contributed an awful lot to the perception of him. Upon reflection, like when you look at the petulant behaviour we see now and the guy throwing tantrums, he was, you know, he was a saint really. But in the context of what everyone else was like at his time, he was acting out and the establishment definitely didn't like it and we just didn't really understand it and he was just different, right? Um, and rather than seek to understand that, we just we kind of judged it and cast it aside. But to see what he is now, this is a this is a guy that's won the fucking Masters twice, mm. two time Masters champion. There's not a lot of people on that list. Um, this is a guy who, yeah, as I said, is now like, what am I going to do with my weekend? I'm going to head down and um, just do whatever I can to help Captain Pathurst and her Solheim Cup team to beat the Europeans because I've got a couple of daughters who love golf and I want to set a good example for them. Mm, mm, this mm. is a guy that has many, many, many millions of dollars. <laughs> Does not have to do that. But I, I just think the transformation of him and his journey and, you know, he's also very, very prominent now, probably the most prominent voice um, when it comes to, um, to mental health in golf. As well, which is mm. an increasingly prevalent, um, not just golf problems, um, challenge for many people. Uh, and a lot of people, I think, is, have cited Bubba recently. That's a lot of other players um, have cited Bubba and his support and his his um, his you know you know voicing his opinion and his thoughts and not not letting it to be a taboo subject anymore. I just think he's such he has so so much more depth than we ever gave him credit for. And I think I'd like to see them spend a bit of time to understand who the hell Bubba Watson is. Because I think, yeah, I think he's a fascinating character. He is. He is a really fascinating dude. Um, and, and I think that golf and his performance has really taken a back seat um, to, mm. to focus on other things, as you've outlined. I think that would be a great one to, to explore. Um, my fourth one, uh, I would really love to get a better understanding of how a tournament comes together. Um, yeah, so of that, this would be from venue preparation, you know, teaming up with the agronomy team uh, and just pick a tournament. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a major. It can just be a tournament. Um, but take me through how the agronomy team gets it all together to the on-site event managers, to the tournament directors, to stadium bump-ins, to broadcast, just all of that. Give me an appreciation of how the event itself actually comes together to players mm -hmm. getting there, um, all of that sort of stuff. I just love to get a better understanding of it because I don't think that side of the story, you know, we rock up, we turn the TV on and, and players are playing golf, but there's so much more going on around it that we don't have an appreciation for. And I think that it would go a long way to helping change some of the perception of the broadcast as well. Um, so I would love to just see how a tournament comes together. Um, as mm. I say, it doesn't have to be a major, but just just show me how it all uh, starts from go to woe. I think that's very cool uh, and didn't even enter my calculations. <laughs> that's really, that's that, that would be... 
Yeah, I'd love that. That's a great episode. Great episode. What's your um, last one? Okay. Well, <laughs> the the last, my fourth one, I think, definitely surprised you. I don't think this one will surprise you in the slightest. It'll be Jordan uh, Spieth. It has to be. <laughs> Absolutely has to be. Should be the season finale, to be fair. Um, <laughs> look, I think <laughs> this will probably, there's probably many, many people um, hitting the fast forward 30 seconds <laughs> this now to get through this section. But if I can be serious for a moment, um, you spoke about it. You flagged it right at the very start. You want to see um, people who have struggled. Yeah. Fits into so, it. So, I think he's – I don't think there's a better example when you think of where he was to where he went to where he's on his way back to now. Mm. Like Ricky is in the wilderness, but Ricky never scaled the heights that Jordan did. Rory did and hasn't lost his swing. I think he's just lost his desire more than anything else. Uh, there's no better like th- this. This guy was literally the next Tiger Woods. That's who he was. Mm. Not not by his own, um, you know, by his own opinion, but by his, and not even by his results because he wasn't on the same trajectory. But by the hopes of a nation that were pinned on him. Mm. And I don't say that lightly. Like America was looking for someone. They went through this really weird patch of um, kind of Tiger starting to um, trail uh, or plateau as things in his personal life became more of a focus and they, did, they didn't have anyone and all of a sudden this young Texas kid pops up wins a couple of majors he's young he's the fucking embodiment of Captain America um, and he's he's you know he's everything that they have wanted to come and and replace Tiger there's a lot there's a continuity plan here there's succession excellent and like he <laughs> he dropped off a cliff he lost his swing like you, there's no other way to say that. He lost his swing. You know, he talked about there's a chipped bone in his wrist for like 18 months that we only found out about a couple of months ago. And I feel like he's barely scratched the surface and talking about it. I honestly, I'd, I'd say there were periods of time where he thought about walking away. Yeah. Giving it all up, which would have been incredible. Um, no one's really spoken to him about that. He hasn't. Now, whether or not that's he doesn't want to, uh, maybe that's something he reflects on the end of his career. I don't know. But from where he was, as I said, to where he got to, to where he's now on his way back to. Um, put aside my, uh, you know, my, my love for, for him as a golfer, uh, I think his story should absolutely be told because it's been, yeah, it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. We said that. Cocaine Jordan, baby. That's what it is. <laughs> but it's, I think, uh, if you can get through my 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 orange coloured lenses, hook them, uh, Druids, he, his story absolutely should be told. Absolutely mm. should be told. No, nope, I agree. I, I would like to see it. Um, yes, uh, with the lens of not who is Jordan Spieth, because I think no, we've we've, that. We, yeah, we've, that. we've 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 heard it right. So I want to yeah discover some of that where he's been and, and where he's trying to go now. So, no, I think that's a good one. And I'd be more I don't, I don't say this in a mean way. I want to see him cry. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah. You want to see I, a bit of that emotion, right? Yeah. I want to see the interview have to stop. Like, because we haven't seen We haven't. No one's really. And, again, this is most likely because he doesn't want to do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. No one has spoken to him about, like, tell us, really tell us where you were. Yeah. Um, because that, like, that would be fascinating. 
Yeah. Fascinating television. 100%. Um, my last one um, is a guy who I think uh, does get a lot of media attention, but I don't think we've ever really understood the story of John Rahm. Um, yep. A guy who is out and out the best player in the world, um, a big family man, um, yep. and I think probably more so I'd love to understand how he sort of feels and how what what the pressure's done of him being compared to Spain's best golfer since Seve Basteros, with all due respect mm. to Sergio Garcia. So I reckon that side of things and just the the, the Spanish uh, influence, um, his story around playing coming from Spain um, to to going to Arizona State. I think he went to school. Just love to ex- explore a little bit more of that um, that side of John Rahm because we, we know how great a golfer he is, but I want to hear a little bit of that backstory. So I'm hoping that he um, wants to be involved and, and has been tapped on the shoulder because I think it would be quite absurd to not really include the number one golfer in the world uh, in, um, in this. In this yeah. I agree, Drudes, and I couldn't give two shits about life now. I, yeah. I, I'm all on board about, like, tell us about where you came from because yeah. he yeah. grew up in Basque country in Spain, which is I'm pretty sure up in the north. Yeah. Um, it's rough country. Like, it's hilly, mountainous. I don't think there's many pristine golf courses there. So, like, how did you even get into the game, John? Yeah, yeah. And Stuff then like you that. have to make the decision to fly away from, um, to your point, incredibly family-orientated guy, fly away from your family, go to Arizona State, learn English by listening to rap music. Yep. So he's, he's really into his rap music because that's literally – he didn't speak a lick of English when he rocked up at Arizona State. Um, and to your point, like, to carry the weight of – you saw it again in him at the Ryder Cup. He spoke about the privilege of playing with Sergio – um, the most fun he's ever had in his career. He spoke about, um, you know, the influence and the reverence that he speaks about um, both Seve Basteros and also Jose Maria Olathebel. Uh But, you know, the, the weight that he feels, mm. um, uh, you know, when you talk about the rich history of Spanish golf and he absolutely flies the flag now. Um, yeah, talk, talk to us about where you came from, John, because I don't yeah. think we – we know John Rahm now. I don't think we know – the formative years of what this guy, um, this guy is now. Yeah, it's a great, it's a really good call, really good call. Love that. Be a good series with those ten. Would be. We should fucking write it. Maybe we should pitch. Um, <laughs> look, there's probably I mean, there's a fair bit we've missed out on. You bet your f- bottom dollar, Phil Mickelson will pop up in there somewhere. Mm. Um, I absolutely. Uh, I say this. I say this with no no shade of irony. I guarantee you there'll be a whole section about like the PGA mm. and how they operate and take us inside, you know, the new headquarters in Ponte Vedra and there'll be a lot of self-aggrandizing in this, in this 10 part series. And there's a couple of names that we've missed. There's no doubt about that. Um, but all in all, I'd be really quite happy with those 10 personally. Yep. yep I agree. Definitely mm. agree. Looking forward to it when it comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be great. So I uh, would love to um, hear your suggestions as well. So, you know, flick mm. us a, Click us a message on the socials. Yes. Let us know uh, who you think was stiff to miss out on our 10, who you'd like to see involved. Um, I think that's the beauty. Hopefully it's more than one season, much like Drive to Survive is because you're not, you know, wedded to 
you know, 10 teams as F1 are. There's, there's so much depth in golf that, they, you know, they'll barely scratch the surface in that first season, Druids, which is clear. So definitely. I think that probably wraps us up tonight, mate. It um, does. We've got a couple of different episodes. We've got a got a bit of a deep dive. One of the, the old famous 19th deep dives coming out later this week, Druids. Yes. Um, on both yours and mine, um, favourite course we've never played. Yes. Yep. <laughs> which is which is fascinating. The Lynch Golf Club on the west coast of Ireland is uh, well, it's world famous. Um, it is. And we uh, we go we go in depth about the Lynch Golf Club, which is coming out later this week. Uh, and as soon as I get my shit together, uh, we'll also be doing a deep dive on possibly golf's greatest what if story. We've spoken much about Anthony Kim on this podcast. We've spoken about a um, bit different, but like Louis Oosthuizen's what if career. Um, this could be uh, the one to end them all. Lorena Ochoa uh, on the women's game who walked away quite literally at the peak of her powers. Um, yeah. Just was there one minute and it's gone and you know, has disappeared into not in a bad way because a lot of people do disappear in Guadalajara in Mexico. Um, she's very much alive, but she just disappeared from golf. Yeah. Uh, so that that one will be coming, and that's one I'm really looking forward to. It's uh, it's a hell of a story, Lorena, Lorena Ochoa. You and uh, I both. One more time for the for the t-shirt strudes. Talk birdie to me, or you can get our two caricatures on on a t-shirt. Drop into the DMs on Instagram or Facebook if you want to secure yours. They are flying out the door, so make sure. You grab yours uh, if you can, um, and yeah, that'll that'll wrap us up. It's been a pleasure, mate. It's good to have you back. Um, I, I know it's tough to come back from God's country down there in Marks, but it's good to have you back. It's good to be back on on the airwaves, as they say. And yes. uh, looking forward to uh, the Lahinch deep dive later this week. So until then, um, stay safe, keep the head down, hit them straight, 